With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of Seahawks What If the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bon. I am, of course, joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Shelton. Find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And folks, you know, you must know, it must be Seahawks What If. It wouldn't be What If. We didn't have the protector himself, Mr. Phil Lydic, coming in hot with this beautiful rendition for this one. We're texting him like, hey, Hey, Phil, you got any off-season fodder? You got anything you want to bounce around the room with us? And Mr. Phil, the protector, said, oh, I indeed do. So we're excited to see what he cooks up for this week's What If. And Brandon, how are you doing out there in Montana, my man? How are things as we're, I would say, what, just now easing into the summertime, right? We're on the, we're on the, the doorstep of the summer. How's that hitting you over in Kalispell? It is just now getting to be that perfect time of year weather-wise in Montana. We have a, a, a nice little window here until the summer heat hits. But I don't know if you gave Phil the appropriate uh, introduction because he is also a celebrity in the podcast world. I'm pretty sure I heard Phil's name on a, a recent episode of Locked on Seahawks. So not only is he featured on this show, he's <laughs> on other shows providing content <laughs> To, wow. to what would be competitors. Phil, explain yourself. What a serious <laughs> listener. What a serious listener. Is that like uh adultery or something that they think? <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's funny that you overheard that. I, yeah, because my, my Twitter doesn't have much of a secret sauce to it. Like, it's just my name. So they read it and there it is. Like, thanks. Thanks a lot for throwing me under the bus. Uh Whatever that other show was, I don't even know if anybody's heard of that other show. But nobody, somehow nobody Brandon, listens anyway. It's probably somehow it's probably Brandon. <laughs> somehow Brandon overheard my question. Yeah, I, I thought that I'd have a better answer than what I got, so I should have asked you guys. Well, maybe maybe we'll uh, traverse that in in this week's uh, this week's what if. I am curious to, to know what the question was. We don't need to lead with that, but maybe you know the lead story on this week's what if. But uh. But if but if but I am curious to understand what did you what did you ask uh, Mr. Corbin there? Why do people care so much about DK Metcalf showing up to camp? No, it wasn't that. But that is the question on my mind today as we speak, gentlemen. That might lead us into our first question. You could even uh, include some of those. I see how you save things, Brandon. We had all this pre-show. You didn't bring it up and just slam me with it. Now I'm all red faced going into the going into the pod. I wish everybody could see it. I, I can't actually remember my question. I, I don't I just remember, remember it either. That's why I threw another question out there. I was glad he answered it. And then I wasn't fully satisfied with the answer. I, I feel like it, but it did, it did lead me to think differently. Yes. Now I remember my thoughts about how the, what the defensive formation is going to be. Yeah. He had some interesting thoughts. I'll have to say that. Well, we'll get to the defense right. on, on one of the future episodes. One of the future episodes. Are you guys ready to get into some, what if we we'll just jump yeah. right to it? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, you might remember this, all of us uh, boys 
girls in a different way. All of us, as we would do youth sports, I remember we had to go get physicals and I was warned by some friends. They're like, it's going to be weird. You're going to go to the doctor and get your checkup. My first checkup for sports was weird. And I don't know about you guys, uh, checking all the parts, right? They're going to check mm -hmm. your breathing and your lungs. That's cool. That sounds pretty good. Check your feet, make sure they're going to be okay for soccer and you know, the different things that are involved. Eyes are working well, ears. Yeah, I'm down with all that. Then there was the coughing part. And uh, that was weird. I, and then I'm still glad, you know, girls have other weird stuff. They had to deal with the physicals that I've heard. I'm glad I didn't go through some of those. But as a little boy, the coffee part, that was pretty weird. It felt like we had it pretty bad. But then as you grow older, you feel like, you know what? That's uh, that's probably not all yes. that bad. You get married and go, okay, I was a whiner. Uh, from hearing from my wife, I'm thankful. Or, so or you turn 40 part. and uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this will be an intensive physical from our perspective, but we're not going to have a physical on how healthy the players are because we're not those kind of doctors, how their bodies are doing, but on how healthy the Seahawk position groups are going forward. And if you're a Hawk fan like me, you're looking at this season, but you're looking at this season with an eye forward to the future. Hard not to do that and still stay positive, right? So we're looking at this season, but going forward, I'm not going to try to play doctor on this podcast. I'm not going to ask anybody to turn their head or any of those <laughs> kinds of things. Say, ah, none of that. But some out there have already been giving their opinions on position groups. And I'd already thought, you know, we need, really need to hear from Brandon and Clinton on this. We just hadn't got around to it now until now. So now I'm going to call on you two, some of my favorite experts at giving opinions, uh, expert opinion givers, Brandon and Clinton, to ask you men. The, to answer me this question. And really, instead of having multiple questions throughout the show, we're going to have one question that kind of is threaded through the position groups. What if you assess the health of each of our position groups? And for this show, we're only going to have time to do it with offense. But for this year and an eye toward the future, what if you assess the health of each of these position groups? This is episode 22 by my count, which means it's wrong, but that's okay. It's still Clinton gets to go first. Yes. And we will start off with the one that I know Brandon wanted to get to. We'll give Clinton his first shot on the wide receiver group. How healthy is the Seahawk wide receiver group for this year and an eye toward the future, Clinton? Well, I love it. Uh, this is, you know, so for, for the rest of the program, I'd like to be called Dr. Clint's medicine woman. If, if I may, that, that would be... I, I prefer. Um, that's how you choose. Okay. Yeah, that's how I choose. Dr. Clinton, medicine woman. I'm here uh, and I'm, I'm in the wagon and I'm going west as, as normal as, as we normally do. Remember, I live in Connecticut, so I, I, need, I need to mentally head west with, with, you, with you guys right now. Um, wide receiver group. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one of the healthiest out there. Right? This is, and this is not just, okay, yes, DK Metcalf didn't show up to something he had to show up to today. And then it was, it, it was gonna. It was out there on Twitter. It was an excuse. Panic! 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 Yeah, yeah. It's not an excuse. The absence exactly. So, early panic button in what's already been a tumultuous offseason. Putting that aside for for a heartbeat at least. You know, you got the obvious folk, and Lockett is to me the type of professional who can play deep into a career. He's already played like this is what year eight I think he's into now, and he's a type of dude who doesn't rely on just pure speed. It's more, it's more about his guile, his understanding of how to get open, his hands, like just dynamic player, right? Uh, his route running. So he could play for quite a number of years longer. DK is on the cusp of, of, of being a top five 
you know, receiver in his prime and could be top three, could even be number one. And then I really, but I think I'd like to even then say, look at the young stable that's sitting there now between D, between Swain uh, as, as a good four, between what the, the possibilities of the Bull, Goodwin. Bull Mountains. Yeah, good. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin, great one that, I, that, that just got popped in there. What I liked about the double stack on Goodwin specifically was we talked about this a lot about the Seahawks kind of double dipping with the draft, double dipping where they could with the draft. And the Goodwin double dip seems to me like to be kind of a backup on D. Eskridge. Like, can D get there and be the guy? Can he learn from Goodwin? Cool. Uh, if he can't, can Goodwin do it for a year or two? Probably. He's probably still got that, that quick twitch. So wrapping up this, this is a very healthy, young stable of, of, of horses there. So let's ride, baby. Let's ride. Let's give this oh. a, 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 a solid A, you know, right in the face of the let's ride curse, baby. That's a, probably our strongest, maybe our strongest position group uh, out there. All right. Thanks, Doc. Here's our other opinion, Brandon. Yes. You can, <laughs> you can call me Hawk Dreamy. If, uh, if we're going with the TV doctor theme, Hunch. what about Doc McStuffins? You were so excited about Dr. McStuffins. I, I mean, she's the greatest though. She, she, I, I really can't, you hold can't a hope to, to Doc. You can't hope to make it to Doc McStuffins level. Well, shoot. I mean, making stuffed animals come to life. I mean, I mean, the other doctor I'm referring to just is really good looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Really, really ridiculously good looking doctor. Yeah, exactly. All right. I would agree with Clinton that it's probably the healthiest position group on offense, but I do have to downgrade it from the A to maybe a B plus or a B, and that can be immediately upgraded if DK Metcalf just comes into uh, the VMAC there, signs on the dotted line, mm, and is under stinching. contract for the next four years or so. And I think it's going to happen, which I think Clinton, in assessing his health of the wide receiver group, is expecting this to happen. Yeah, I just I just need that signature on the contract to be able to 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 be able to say that it's an A. And everything we've heard from Pete is like, it's going to happen. Seems like DK thought it was going to happen. So I think it's going to happen. Very good. I, I like to hear that. All right, we'll keep moving. The next position group, this will go to Doc Brandon here, Dr. Schultz. That, Hawk, that kind of dreamy. Sounds- <laughs> Hawk dreamy, Dr. Hawk dreamy. Okay. We, we can go with that. If I can remember, I should probably write that down. Tight ends, tight ends this year. And then looking forward to the future. Of course, we got Noah fan in Disley Parkinson, Mabry. I think that's all that, that matter at this point. How do you feel about our tight ends overall physique? Don't know if I'm comfortable speaking on tight ends and this over, <laughs> over 40 discussion that we, uh, that we maybe had to kick things off, but uh, and I say, but with heavy emphasis, uh, <laughs> tight end group, uh, you know, I I'm feeling okay about it. We have, we, we do have Noah Fant added to the group. You have a young athletic tight end. You have Will Disley under contract. And I, I think a lot to do with the tight ends and the health of it though, is going to come down to the Shane Waldron scheme, how uh-huh. we, how we see them using this tight end group, because, it was really hard to assess, right? With Russell Wilson not using the tight ends in the past. Yeah. Now we're going to have a quarterback that is likely going to get some use out of this position group. I'm just going to have to go with an average of C. And oh. I, I feel like that's a cop out maybe, but uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to stick with that. All right, Clinton, there's some variety here, though, right? What, what do you think, Clint? What do you think about the overall health of the tight ends for this year and going forward? When you, I, when you I give it a them? 10. I give it a 10. No, it's, it's not, not quite a 10. And, 
and it's a good group. And, and uh, you know, I look back at the 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 Rust trade, and it just just keeps on feeling better. It keeps on until the to, season starts. Until the season starts, we shall we shall see we shall see what happens. That's correct, right? That, that week one game is still going to burn. Maybe it won't though. And you go back and watch No Fan. It's not just the highlights. You go back and watch watch the way he was used in in certain certain pockets. Uh, man, he's very very skilled tight end. And then you pair that with with Disley, who had you know, came on the scene so strong. Two very very bad injuries. And and yes, that contract is annoying. But you look at you look at Njoku, and you look at like some of the other tight ends that are that are that are going to get paid. And I think there's going to be some watershed contracts for tight ends that are coming up right, right around the corner here, especially for the tight ends that are really more like the big slot. They're not even really blockers. And Disley is a two-way player. Um, but with that, he really hasn't put up that many yards in any given season, right? He, he I love Uncle Will, but he hasn't been the, this, this dynamic two-way guy to say, yeah, let's dump $8 million to him. However, I can't put the grade down based on, on what I think is maybe a bloated contract. So for the room, I mean, Parkinson, big target. Let's see if he could do something in this year three that's a little more interesting. Not even sure he really has to. But if you're looking at the package of when they when they go 11 personnel, you got Fant and Disley out there. Uh, I, I, that to me is a pretty solid B. I think it's a, a full grade above where Brandon's got it. Noah Fant can block too. He's not just a get in the way kind of guy. He's a pretty good, he's an okay, okay blocker. He's a very good receiver. This is a very good blocker and he's and he's capable. So put those things together and I think we got a solid B there. That's that's my final verdict on our tight ends. Now for the one that, you know, everybody's just feeling awesome about for this year. And well, maybe not, but uh, possibilities going forward. But when we consider this position group, we'd really like to get uh, the second, the third opinion on how we might feel the overall health of it is what we have to look forward to the quarterback position, Dr. Clinton, medicine woman, the quarterback position. How do you feel about the Hawks health here and what we have to look forward to? Hmm, Phil, uh, you know, I, I need to, we need, I need to pride myself or I want to pride myself on being, being honest, right? Being, being honest about the assessment. I'm a homer. I'm an optimist. Uh, yeah. you know, so these things are weighted in to the, to the calculation. That I'm about, but the word honest in. had the foreboding, um, the doctor's going to tell yeah. me something honest. Now we all right. have our teeth clinched. So Correct. go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, I, I but I look at I look at what we have there. Um, I think it depends a big time on who we end up starting. That's that's for me. I, I'm on the the Drew Lock train. I like the upside of Lock. I'd rather go. I'd rather win five games with Lock than win seven with Gino. I'd rather see see what's there. Um, and I, obviously, if those two things are in a chamber. That's not the choice I'm making. I want to win more games. I realize a draft pick, but but I'd rather have the upside of lock. Um, so this is subject to change. And honestly, I think we're in a fine C. And it and the reason being is I think we have two capable quarterbacks that could be some if they played a full season in a system, had oh, you know, okay line. We'll talk about line in a second. The weapons are good. The weapons around them are actually quite good. 
I think that a that either of these dudes could run an, a fairly efficient offense and do it for 17 games. Again, optimistic, but I think it's a, a fine C. And the thing is, the Drew Locke to me could easily pitch into the B range. I don't think Gino can do that. That's just my take. Well, he's very honest. He's honest about being an optimist, I would say. And <laughs> I would say his so name too, starts because... with the letter C. So that's a, that's some honest optimism. Go ahead, Dr. Brandon. Yeah, because C, I do feel like, is a very optimistic answer. I, gosh, for me, I'm thinking like D minus right now because I don't see any long term health. Uh, I, I see that being a potential issue. And because what are we what are we mostly hoping for in terms of I know Clinton said B for a, a Drew Locke ceiling, but B to me is not good enough for long term competition. Even even if Drew Locke is a B, then I'm still looking at next year's draft class and saying, how can we improve? Because I, I, I want a, a, a grade A quarterback no matter what. And I don't see. You know, even in your optimistic position, Clinton, you, you're not saying that you see Locke being an A. So that to me is a problem. Yeah. That let's, to me let's is a problem. The, let's talk about the grading system a little bit too, because I want to throw some other quarterbacks in there. I won't answer, I'll, I'll ask, which is a rarity for me. Um, so Matt Hasselback, what's your gut grade as a Seahawks uh, quarterback throughout his career? Oh, throughout his career? Or, yeah. I mean, As I would have my concerns at Matt going into, but I, I still think Matt could probably start at least a game or two this year if, if we were talking about him for <laughs> if, this year. If need be. If what need about be, Pete Carroll era Matt? Would he, how would you feel about the season if we had? Oh, Pete it, would Carroll, be, it would be about the same. I, I think Pete Carroll era Matt is kind of where you know, Gino is right now. I'm saying peak, peak, you know, peak Hasselback, Super Bowl, Super Bowl year Hasselback. Yeah, peak, peak Hasselback was was an A level quarterback. I I, I happen I, I I agree. I I want to see where you where you'd place it. He'd probably be like A A minus because like the, Russ, while he had some A seasons, he also had some he had some B plus seasons, which is a pretty great floor, right? That's that's a pretty great floor versus where where I think a ceiling could be for Locke. But I'm also talking about a ceiling this year. Like his ceiling this year, I feel like could pitch to a B. That's like if a lock goes right. Um, but yeah, what about the, the yeah? What ahead. about the controversial question here? Like, what's the best thing that could happen for the health of the Seahawks going forward? Like, really, on besides the Broncos losing every game, that's that's the easiest one that we'd all love. But as far as the likely, what's the best thing that could happen for the health? Of the C of the Seahawk quarterback position going forward. I mean, is it Gino coming out when 10 doing his very best and winning nine, 10 games? Uh, that it, it's I the don't Browns know that releasing the Baker Mayfield and the Seahawks signing him. And then you're and then that puts me immediately at the B level. Uh um, really okay. for going into for the Baker. season. Yeah. That's for, for Baker. That's for Baker. Right. But and I think if I answer in your question, Phil, I think what's the best? The best is Drew Locke is good. Okay. That's and that that could mean he gets even better and becomes a very good Tannehill plus type type quarterback. That's the best. He's young. Right? My and best is the highly unpopular, different from both of your choices. But they, it, they lose. They win two games. Yeah, <laughs> like I would love to beat the Broncos, and then I, I always cheer for a win, and I'm always hoping for a win. But if I come to the end of the season and we got one of those top five picks, I think that puts us in a much bigger shot of having great quarterback health going forward because there's some really good choices next year but 
I, I can't say I'm cheering for losses. It's just, if Gino goes out and plays, let's just see what we have on offense, but doesn't end up winning a lot. That could be a real positive in spite of how painful the season might be. Just beat the Niners, beat the Broncos and take, but that, I, I'm not cheering for that. I just think that that's a, that's one of the possible things that could happen. I probably not likely with the Carroll team. I don't see how a Carroll team can win less than six or seven games. The, the fact that we're discussing this makes me think that you agree with my D minus uh, grade level for this position. Okay. Just not yeah, in agreement and, and move on if you agree. Okay, uh, we're going to move it past the quarterbacks. That's probably going to get talked about for quite some time. And I was planning to go right to running back, but I'm going to put them in the middle and we're going to we're going to break up the O-line. We'll start with interior offensive line before we do running backs. Interior offensive line. And since this is the, the fourth one, this goes to Brandon. How do you feel about our interior offensive line for this season and then going forward? The the interior of the line, I, I felt like they could have upgraded at center. I'm, I mean, I guess you could say that they did upgrade because uh, Posick um, and Blythe. I, I just don't see Blythe as that much of an upgrade over Posick. So I, I guess that's that's not a, as big of a, a move. Um, they have veterans on the interior, so that's feeling pretty good. Phil Haynes. Can't forget Phil Haynes. Can't forget about Phil Haynes. <laughs> I, of course, because you won't let me. Um, and, and maybe, you know, maybe and you've tried and tried. I know I, I keep trying, <laughs> but uh, I would I would probably go a solid C plus, uh, despite not really addressing the center spot as much as I'd like. And Damian Lewis has the ability to get better. He's the one bright spot. Uh, Long term, Gabe Jackson, uh, only if. Phil Haynes can come in and be the uh, an improvement over Gabe Jackson. Can I move this up into the B range? Very nice. B B is for beefy boy, and that's beefy boy Haynes. So I'm kind of in a solid. I think I'm in the same range you are. I think he was C plus there, and I like you know the thing with Lewis was it, he's really the keystone to this equation. With Blythe, I think we're gonna kind of get what we think we're gonna get, which is. Probably some average center play. We shall see. You know, we'll see how that all works out. Was at least competent in the Ram system. This year should be more like the Ram system for different reasons with folks like D. Eskridge back in that, you know, in, in that position to really do all the all the pre-stap motion stuff with a quarterback that's going to resemble more like the Goff type stuff versus Russ, who always wants to go out outside and deep and take take the deep shots. But the keystone to that grade is going to be Lewis. And they flip-flopped him last year. You know, it's like, go to a different side, young man, after a better rookie year. It wasn't so much a sophomore slump as a little a little bit of a step back, perhaps. So where, where does he go in year three is huge. Um, I think C-plus, very, very, you, you could grade that on the curve and get that to a B really quickly. And the nice part is, I think we're going to know, you know, two, three, four games in, what does that interior look like? How how is it dealing? And are we pitching towards that B, or are we like in some some dire straits, being like, "Oh man, something's still not working there." And then you got to put beefy boy Haynes in there to really rev it up. We'll see. And it looks like they're leaving Lewis on the left, like last year. Um, I wonder if if Jackson got hurt, I wonder where Haynes would go in. Would he pop right into the right, or would they put him on the? Would they put uh, Phil over on the left and then let Lewis go back to his right side? I, I'm curious. You just you just think Lewis is going to pick yeah. up and really learn the left? 
I, I would hope so. It seems like they think that, right? So, um, so why not? It's 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 nice that they has the continuity now going into it. And and keep in mind, Haynes is versatile. If he can if he can stay healthy, I know it's huge, but there's a reason they keep dudes around like this around because they're like this guy can play when he gets in healthy. It's actually quite good at guard, uh, and he can play center. So, I I, <laughs> I won't stop talking about beefy boy Haynes, Brandon. I just won't. <laughs> All right. We look forward to hopefully not having to see him a lot, but hopefully Lewis and Jackson stay really healthy, but it's good to know we got a good swing guy behind him. Let's go now to running back. This would be an interesting one. Uh, Dr. Clinton uh, running back. How do we feel about this year? How do we feel about going forward at the position of running back? Well, Kenneth Walker, the third immediately brings this to a, a floor of a B, a floor of a B. Um, Everything else is complete sus. It, it, I, I mean, what's up with Carson? He's my favorite player. Will he ever play a, a down the NFL again? Who knows? Penny, at what point do, can he stay healthy for another six games to start the year to put that like kind of 12 in a row? Who knows? I, I just, I have no idea. The depth pieces behind, you know, Travis Homer as, a, as, a, as actually a good blocking back, a good third down back. You know, DJ Dallas probably still making the roster. They got some other dudes as well. Um, it's a solid B. It can move higher. It, it really depends. That, that's going to be that cog on, is Penny really part of this for close to a full season? If he does, that could pitch to an A really easily. But go with the short answer, solid, solid B. And it's because of the draft pick, Kenneth Walker the third. I think that's a, a good spot to have it at as a B because it's hard to... It's- when you factor in injuries and uncertainty with Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, it, it's tough to know what the long-term health is. You don't have right. Penny under contract long-term. The only guy that you can count on long-term is, is a guy that you haven't seen on the field for the Seahawks yet in the, the Seahawks uniform apart from these OTAs. So uh, with Walker, I, I do think that he has that capability, but who knows if the Seahawks are getting into a situation where you know, if if Walker ends up having injury issues, too, I mean, just just because running back is an injury prone type position and and these things are tough to know. So just as easily as it can pitch up to an A, it could pitch down to a, a C or lower. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it does feel like just based off of the talent that you have with those three backs, it, it's hard to, to look at that group and, and give it anything but a B. Yeah. And the idea is we're assessing it right now. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen with running backs in any season or, you know, linemen, but kind of how we are, how prepared we are going into this season. It, it does look like the, the front office did the best they could to get us, to get us prepared for the running back position, at least. Okay. One more position on the offensive side. I mean, fullback could have been in there. I don't know if you guys got a lot of Nick Ballore thoughts, but I know <laughs> you should listen to Nick Ballore. He has fun thoughts. A, when you, when, a for a. Nick Ballore. <laughs> okay. So offensive tackle, offensive tackle, the final one, how we feel that, what do we think? I, I think this is an interesting one. What do we think this year could look like? What are some of the possibilities of how this year could go at offensive tackle? We obviously have a couple big draft picks and then uh, bringing back Curran as well. So uh, what if Forsyth, what do you think this year could look like, Brandon, at offensive tackle? I feel like when I get the chart on the offensive tackle group and I'm, I'm flipping through the pages 
And I just I'm I'm getting all of these mixed results. It's kind of inconclusive. So I'm actually going to need this group to go ahead and come back later uh, for a yeah. follow on checkup because, I, you know, I got an undrafted dude who's supposed to be starting at right tackle this year. I do have a top 10 pick in Charles yeah. Cross that I, I'm excited about. And you got a rookie from last year, Stone Forsythe. It's just you have a combined zero starts at left tackle who's protecting your quarterback's blind side. And again, on the other side, you have a, another third round pick backing up the undrafted guy who, yeah, he looked okay. But yeah, uh, I'm going to need you to see you guys back a little bit later before I'm able to just fully assess your health. Man, there's a non-zero chance that this group will have more cumulative starts, right? Than all of them do at this current time in the NFL. But I mean, it, I mean there's yeah. a way more than non-zero. There's an incredible chance, I should say, that you add up all the starts or all the snaps they have now, they're going to have more than that by the end of this season. Kind of incredible for such a key position. What do you think, Clinton, as we consider the possibilities of what might take place uh, for offensive tackle? I think it's going to be a fun yeah. one to watch, though, right? Probably the most important one to watch, right? Between between what we drafted, the draft capital, just the importance of the position, how you roster build, like it, it's it's everything. You oh, nail yeah. this, you nail this, and then you've done well. And then because because again, the talent positions, they're fine. We're we're good. We have we have offensive weapons across the board here. And to give it a grade, I will give it a grade. I'm not going to give it a. I'll see you later. I got to call you back into the office when I have more information. Um, I'm going to give it a D plus right now. And that's not, that's, that is solely based on we have two. I, I'm, I think that, you know, Abe is going to end up uh, our, our right tackle. I think he's going to win, win the job. We're probably going to have two tackles starting that have zero snaps so far in the NFL. <laughs> and, and if it's, yeah. if it's, if it's Carhan or current, um, he has five games, right? So, so not not much there either. Though he looked good, he looked good in those five games. Um, this is the that's where I could look at Locke and be like, I saw enough there. I saw him make throws to big boy people: Judy, Sutland, Fant, Hamler, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Patrick. Right? I saw him make good throws across the board to that whole litany of people and dump it off to to, to the you know to the backfield. I have only seen Cross in a Mississippi State jersey. Right? Sure. Yeah. So solid D plus, solid D plus. But the the spec spectrum is huge there. That that's the nice part. Especially Clinton reminds health. me of the military doctors that I'd go see and go. Yeah, you could probably just take some Motrin and it'll be fine. It just it dull, dull the pain. Any, anything <laughs> anything to thin the blood a little bit, right? So well, for this season, we ought to expect you know some adventures on the outside with, with youth. But, and so I, I think we're, we're probably, we're going to get lower into the league play. We ought to, we ought to plan on that, but going forward, you're what Brandon has said makes a lot of sense. How can we know until we watch it? Is it and that's kind of where we, we all are. What do you anticipate? Are you, are you expecting a couple of these guys between uh, cross current and Lucas for us to get a couple really good ones? Or you really have no idea. You know, I mean, I think quickly, I think it's, yeah, I think we're going to, we double dip there, right? So just your chances of getting one of the two to be, to be a B or B plus type lineman is quite good. So that's just to go with the average. That, that's my gut is one of those two will be quite good, be fantastic, obviously, if both could be serviceable plus lineman for the next 
four to eight years, that, that'd be home run territory. I mean, you better not screw up being a top 10 left tackle pick. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm, I am trending toward optimist on that because you can't screw that up. Definitely. All right. Well, we've moved through these pretty quick. Um, good assessments on, on the health of the offense. What if just quickly you kind of express what's the healthiest position and then what area are you most concerned about? You know, I want to, as my Seahawks, I want to know where some work is needed. What, what's most concerning Dr. Brandon, tell us first, what, what area of the physique is best? What is most concerning? Just overlook the fact that you once again did not call me Hawk dreamy, but, uh, <laughs> I just can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I think for me, the, the easiest area with the, the just the best health overall has to be the wide receiver group because you have the long-term established veteran in Tyler Lockett, who still, I, I believe, has good years left in him. You have DK Metcalf, who's about to sign a big-time contract with the Seahawks, mm. and I expect that to happen. You have some rookies that you can look at, whether it's D. Eskridge or you know, the the two guys that they got in the seventh round this year that you know, they have that capability of of potentially growing into a future role. Uh, you got Bo Marquise, Melton. Bo Melton, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, who just signed with the team. So I, I feel like they have these layers of depth at wide receiver that make that the strongest position group on the offensive side of the ball. The, the complete alternative to that to me is quarterback because <laughs> you have you have Gino, which great. If that's who you have to start, he can do it. But it's backup level talent. Drew Locke, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in, but he has that talent to have some kind of upside, which would be better than Gino. Uh, you got what? Jake Eason, Eason, Jake, Jake Eason. Eason. Yeah, we had Luton. He's gone. Uh, yes. Eason, you got in that and maybe he can develop too. I don't know. I just, I don't feel great about it. I feel like we're starting to already look at quarterback position down the road. So it is for me the toughest spot. And it's also the most important spot, which, which makes it really hard to assess and give a, a positive grade overall to the entire offense. Thank you, doc. I appreciate your opinion. How about you, Dr. Clinton medicine woman? Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Mick Dreamy. Uh, Hawk, Hawk McDreamy. I, I can't argue, so I won't, right? I, I, I can't say the quarterback one's not the most worrisome. It is what it is, and uh, quarterback matters a whole lot. Uh, so I'll let that be. What, I'll, what I will do is wrap my answer and say, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give a different answer and say, hey, they're both running back. Even though I gave you know, a wide receiver a higher health grade, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at the pitches and where, where this could go. The, I'm going to go back to Kenneth Walker, like Kenneth Walker very, very well ha can be, has that path to be and the NFL's next Jonathan Taylor, like, and Jonathan Taylor's only a couple, couple of years into his career. That guy changes your offense. You could build an entire offense around him. You could bring in Matt Ryan to a team that has Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Taylor run the ball with that team has mediocre wide receiver talent and a good offensive line. They're going to compete heavily this year. We'll see what they do with that kind of mixture. It'll be the most interesting thing because if we get that Jonathan Taylor type talent and you're like, all right, well then we could go shopping for a vet if, if Drew Locke doesn't work out or because at that point we might be able to plug and play. We might be able to do what the Broncos just are trying to do. 
what the what the Bucks certainly did, right? And some other folks have done recently. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, it's going to be such such a cog there to watch if he can be that kind of that kind of running back. And I think he can be. The exact opposite of that is it's probably injury based, but just if the running back room is just is just as non dependent as it has been, this offense is not going to go anywhere. What a difference this team has been dating back to Thomas Rawls and then, you know, and Marshawn. When we could run the ball and do what we want running the ball, the Pete Carroll offense works. His entire legacy, Pete's entire legacy is rebuilt on this idea that he could do it one more time, probably get it done in two to three more years with Schneider. And if we could run the ball, we'll be back in the playoffs rather soon. If we can't, it will literally diminish Pete's legacy in a big, big way. And it's all riding on the running back. So that's that's where I'm putting my chips. All right, Doc. Okay, so overall grade. Let's imagine quarterbacks don't exist in this universe. What's your overall? I know it's like getting a checkup and saying, okay, my head's chopped off, but how am I doing on my overall grade? Assess but me from if, the neck down and we'll work. Yeah, you know, we'll work. Yeah, we'll that. leave the rest. If you're going to give an overall grade, Dr. Clinton, to this offense, if quarterback didn't exist, what would you give it? F. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not giving it an F. Come on, guys. Um, I, I am. I have to put quarterback in there. I can't. I can't not. Right. I can't not. I can't get over a D if it's, I put quarterback in there. Well, I can't get over a B, but I can. I can will myself to a B minus right now. I can will myself to a solid with the B quarterback. Minus. B minus. Okay. Listen, you are my favorite doctor. I don't need to do anything. It won't take some Motrin. You're fine. It will, yeah. It will, it won't shock me if this team wins between eight to nine to ten ball games with Drew Locke. It will not shock me, and that's that's a solid B minus. Awesome. How about you, Brandon? I'm gonna go with Clinton since he assessed quarterback. I have to do it too. I'm with uh, you, Phil. It's a D. I asked you not to include my head. I asked you to, to leave <laughs> off the quarterback. Come on, Doc. What? How healthy am I if you don't include my quarterback? Please, just give me something. Oh, I'd B, I guess. I'm going to a B. I'm going to get a new one next year. B. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. you I'm getting better. an implant. You feel better. Okay. Now, All right. We can close out. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciated getting these other opinions from specialist opinion givers. And now I guess I can go back to our phrase since we're counting on it. Cause it just cracks me up what our former quarterback says now. So I, I feel totally fine. <laughs> going in and arresting our catchphrase back. So what if we say go Hawks, go Hawks, go Go Hawks. Hawks.